All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Um, I'm not going to say the Whiskey Shaman podcast again. Oh man, I said it again. Uh, no, tonight we got a we got a get we got a special guest tonight, uh, Justin Whaley. He's uh, he's doing some cool stuff, and um, I think you guys need to need to understand what he's doing. So, without further ado, here's Justin. Thanks for having me, man. Um, as you said, my name is Justin Whaley. Uh, I am the uh, assistant distiller at Spirits of French Lake in West Baden, Indiana. Uh, I've been working there a uh, year and a half now, since, pretty much since last April. Started out very, very part-time, honestly, just going there on my days off and really hanging out with Alan um, and was doing it for free at first and uh, decided to leave my, my prior career. Uh, the ambulance I left uh, on of my own accord, the fire department actually got fired, um, which turns out it, it, and it's honestly better off anyways. Uh, but been working under Alan for a good little while now, um, learning there at the distillery. There's stuff that I try to learn every day. That's one of my uh, my sayings is if you're not learning something or at least trying to learn something new every day or you can't admit that you're stuck in a kind of a spot as far as no matter what your career, you're kind of stagnant and it's time to get out of that career. Uh, haven't really made any, any strides as far as uh, making my own spirits yet. Uh, that's just something that I'm hoping will come in the in the future, uh, as far as they're at work. Uh, but I have been able to help a whole lot on uh, some some blends, uh, single barrel selections, things like that. And then obviously the day, you know, the the normal day to day stuff, you know, running the still, matching in, uh, running both stills. Um, we have multiples. Uh, oh wow! As I said, doing the cooker matching in, uh, and cleaning and and all the the maintenance stuff that goes along with it as well yeah, yeah. that that's really cool and uh you you also have a have a podcast as well and uh tell us a little bit about that and it's i'm guessing it kind of goes through your uh through your journey doesn't it yeah it does um so i honestly i started it out just because i'd always kind of wanted to do a podcast but i never really so when i worked on the ambulance i wanted to do something healthcare related well like I'm a good teacher when it comes to hands-on stuff, but once again, like we talked about earlier before we actually started recording, just talking, I'm not great at sometimes. So I just kind of let that go by the wayside. I'm like, look, I've got my own way of doing things on the ambulance and all that. And then I wanted to do something fireside, but that's so divided um, as far as, you know, small departments, big departments, all that. And I was like, look, I don't want to get into that argument with people. And then I picked a distilling podcast. That's not divisive enough, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, Absolutely. It's, it's it's called it's called still learning. Uh, kind of a little play on words because, as I said, I'm I'm a firm believer that you should always be learning something new, or at least trying to learn something new. Absolutely. It just so happens we run stills when we're distilling something. So a little play on words there. Um, Alan, I think, said it best is eventually I'm going to be able to go back on these episodes and look back on my knowledge base as far as starting out and seeing how I progress. Um, I think that's going to be a good indication for me as far as where I'm at learning-wise and the things that I'm picking up, the things I need to go back and study some more, all of that. Um, but also, it's I think eventually it'll be a pat on the back to me because I went from doing liking bourbon and whiskey and that was really about it and understanding distilling a little bit to where i am now where i'm going to be in five years ten years and and do it that way 
also, I think eventually I might do some writing. Um, I like okay. writing. I just, once again, I don't always stay on top of things. And <laughs> if I don't stay on top of it, I just I won't do it. So this is a good way for me to kind of look back and use it as an audio book to maybe one day put out some type of literature. I, I found out the hardest thing when you're starting a podcast, and you've probably been doing this, been at this longer than I have, but one of the hardest things is going back and listening to your own stuff, hearing the sound of your own voice and critiquing your own stuff because you're like, Oh my Lord, man, I was so stupid. Why did I say that? And I saved it and recorded it and gave it to everybody to listen to. Yeah. That, that to me, it has, has been, you know, we're, we're just over on this podcast. We're just over 20 episodes. So that's 20 something weeks I've been working on this. So like, it's a pretty good amount of time and the the research and I've got papers all over here, like of things I've been writing notes on and stuff like that. So like, mm-hmm. try, and then, and I, I always tell my listeners, I'm trying to make it the best episode I can each time, make it a little bit better than it was before. And I think that's kind of what you're doing with, with your stuff. And now, and now apprenticing in at uh, the distillery, you get the hands-on part of the, the job as well. Not, and so you get to relay that to people, which to me, that's really fascinating because, you know, obviously being into whiskey and stuff like that. And I know you guys, after talking to Alan, I know you guys have a plethora of things that you're doing, but like being into whiskey, knowing the ins and outs of how it's made makes you appreciate that glass of whiskey a whole lot more. So uh, tell us a little bit. You really do. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about like, why? I mean, obviously, you said you were hanging around the distiller and just decided to to join in. But um, it, was it was it just that you were uh, ex- excited in the whole process, or how how did that how did you bite the bullet? I guess and just say, hey, I'm going to work there. Yeah. So I 100 percent fell into the job there, and I'll get into that here in just a second. But and I don't have that this big romantic history as far as distilling goes like like alan does yeah um, but i do have a, a little bit of i guess you could say family history um of illicit distilling that goes way back uh or i shouldn't say way back but my my uncle uh who lived in georgia he ran shine and i i would venture to guess that he did it to make some money but then he was also just doing it to for as something fun to do and and give to friends and things like that my my aunt always told a story about him uh, always doing at least one run during deer season when they went to when the men went to deer camp and yeah. he would always take that with him to for everybody to drink drink at deer camp and you know i always remember you know when i was younger a mason jar getting passed around at family gatherings and stuff like that and it always kind of intrigued me um unfortunately my uncle and i i have a i venture to guess that if i would have asked being the age i am now he would have taught me, but unfortunately he passed away. Uh, it would have been 2013 or so. Okay. Uh, so I just, I never had that opportunity. Um, I had looked into getting into that myself prior to ever even getting to set foot in a distillery in the way that I am now. Right. Uh, but I just, I was always afraid of getting into it without any help. Um, I actually did get to run a still once uh, with a friend. Um, and that kind of hooked me a little bit more. And then the way I kind of fell into this job, um, 
and in Indi- in Indiana, we don't we have a very uh, or I should say a very short list when it comes to uh, the distilleries that we have here. Right. Um, so you know, I didn't know that I was going to do this full time. I didn't know that I was going to make a whole career change when I started out doing it. I'm glad that I got my foot in the door and was able to. But I did uh, some charity boxing uh, when I was with the fire department. Um, cops and firefighters boxing for charity. I got to punch a cop in the face and not get in trouble for it, which was fun. Um, <laughs> but I went and did a distillery tour the day after one of, one of my fights with some friends uh, from TikTok that was kind of in the bourbon community there. And I, I can't remember exactly how it went, but like I think Tiff had mentioned that I did drone work and stuff like that. And they asked if I could do some photography or video, and I did. And then Alan asked if I'd like to come in and hang out sometime. And so I did once, and then I was like, can I come back? Because <laughs> I've worked like three three days a week, three or four days a week at the fire department, the ambulance, and that was it. And he said, yeah, so I was coming in like once a week. And then eventually, like, hey, you know, we need to start paying this guy or get him on the roster in case he tries to die at work or something like that. And it just, like I said, I, I just kind of fell into it. Um, I don't know if I would have chased this as much as I am now or as much as I have if I hadn't fallen into it there and gotten fired from the fire department. I was looking for a way out or a way somewhere else. Uh, Our dream's kind of to to move at some point in time. Now it's going to be a little bit further down the road because I obviously want to stay and learn as much as I can for as long as I can. Uh, But that was kind of the goal. But this is giving me more opportunity because – I was about ready to age out to be able to move anywhere fire department-wise. So I mean, this has honestly been a blessing. Um, long story short, I, I, like I said, I just I fell into it. I've always had a a love for sci- like science, chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess this was just another another branch of that. And I'm still like on the low branches, obviously, right. of understanding anything when right. it comes to this shit. But wow, wow. That 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 is so cool, and you see this a lot. You know, I've done a couple of podcasts with different people, and everyone has told me that they were around somebody who was moonshining or running illicit liquor or something like that, and that sparked their interest. And then next thing you know, they're at a legal distillery making the product that they were trying to make there, and it's just it's really cool to see that, and also how. You know, and this will get into Alan's spiritual side thing, but uh, it's funny how the whiskey spirits led you to, you know, this place. You were just hanging out there, and then one day you're like, "Hey, I could work here." You know what I mean? So that's that to yeah. me is 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 really cool. That, and then now I'm guessing it's a it's a full time gig, correct? Yeah, yeah, I'm there full time. And some, uh, not to change subject, but I do want to touch on something here in just a little bit mm-hmm. because you talked about Alan and his spirituality. Mm-hmm. There's some weird shit that between he and I that okay. I will probably never be able to explain. I've been okay. weird how the universe works. But yes, um, I'm doing it full time now. It's the only job I'm doing. Uh, my mom gives me shit all the time. Can I cuss on here? By the Absolutely. way, I apologize. Absol- no, it's fine. Go ahead. Okay. Blow it up. <laughs> yeah. So my mom, my mom gives me shit because so when I left the ambulance and the fire department, I was like, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to slow down. I will be able to come around more. Granted, when I worked the ambulance, it was the same uh, county that my mom lived in. So I was able to go up and hang out, 
just pretty much whenever I wanted it. And she was like a mom to the whole station. Right. But like I told her, I was like, I'm, I'm going to slow down. And I have not slowed down. <laughs> so she gives me shit about that all the time. Yeah, it, it, it happens. And, and, you know, in my uh, dreaded day job, I'm a plumber by, by trade on my own business. And um, I have that, that hard time as well. Like, I told myself I'm going to, you know, especially now during the summer where we've had, you know, good Lord, the the listeners are going to be so pissed at me because I keep talking about how hot it is. But like we've had probably this is probably the 20th day of over 100 degrees. And so it's like, you know, I'm trying to break off early, you know, stay cool, stay hydrated and all that stuff. But it's just it's just not working. I keep telling myself you need to break off early. You need to do this. You need to relax. And, and, and I just can't. And I, so I totally I totally get how you feel. Yeah. 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 So, so this this stuff with Alan, if you're okay with me touching on I, that for a second. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go. So spirituality wise, like Alan has kind of opened me up to some stuff that like I was I was always the the questioner when it came to spirituality, mainly because I wasn't so much raised in church, but I went to church some and then like small town, you know how that is. Mm-hmm that wasn't my thing it's like i i don't it's not that i don't agree with what you're saying but i don't agree with how you treat people type kind of thing um and you know when i first met alan i i kind of thought he leaned one way as far as spirituality went and then i figured out that it's this way in all of it it's not just one one road which is crazy to me um but i so like when we went to beck's mill um, or when we were, oh, we were, uh, we were brewing in a, uh, a stone beer is what we were doing. Okay. We we're mashing in a stone beer. And there's a lot of people there, people like some of these people I'd never met before, but I instantly felt like family and something that I hadn't had for a long time, even being on the fire department. I kid you not. Like we drove to Allen's good we watch supper. I bawled my eyes out the whole way there because it's like, oh, I found people that like, that get me. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, It was, it was, it was just a like serious, like existential crisis, freaking out. And I didn't know why, but the whole thing with, with me and Alan and stuff that I probably never be able to explain. So I'm sure you know the story, um, or Alan has told stories about uh, Sparrow, Moonshine Mike. Yes. So you know how you grow up um, and you're, Parents have friends, and they're kind of like aunts and uncles, right? Yeah. So where I grew up was in Shoals, uh, about 20 miles from where I live now, um, about 20 miles from work. But that's where I grew up. And I, Alan had told me after Sparrow passed away that that's where he grew up as well, right? And I was like, huh. Well, he, was, he was a little bit older than me. Right. But I was like, I, I didn't know him. And Alan had just known him for about five years or something like that. And I had, I had never met Alan prior to all of this. And But I was like, I know that name from somewhere. And then I realized that a friend of my mom and dad's growing up, his last name was Stallings. So I reached out to this gentleman. I said, hey, this is weird, but there was a guy that was a friend of a friend that passed away. Um, his last name is Stallings, and he's originally from Martin County. And he said, was his name Mike? And he, I said, yeah. He goes, that was my son. So it was just weird how, like, 
Alan and I kind of came together as far as being friends and brothers and, and coworkers, obviously. And like, I joke all the time, like he talks about, you know, living next to the Creek with a train track right next to him. If you look at where I used to live was next to the river with the train tracks right next to me. Wow. And wow. It's so many weird freaking similarities. I like, I don't get it. Like Tiff, Tiff, my wife gives me shit all the time. She's like, "You guys got a bromance going on, or whatever." <laughs> I, like, I he's, he's a brother. I love him. Yeah, but it's just weird how all that shit works out. Yeah, it it, it is. It's <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty good. The 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 similarities that come along with all that, and the fact that you kind of knew this person but didn't know the person and i've i've heard a lot obviously through alan about mike and evidently he was an amazing person didn't know him personally actually i had heard about him in the uh you know i moderate jesse's chase the craft facebook page and a while back i mean you know probably probably right when he passed away somebody was talking about that and i was like oh I've seen a video with him or something in it. And so like, I I've known about Mike for a while. He, he just never came on my radar a little too far down, I guess. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy how all of those things line up and it's all over, you know, this spirit, which is in the glass, but it's also not just the spirit in the glass. And, you know, this is not a, you know, if you have, yeah, this is not a spirit centric podcast, but it it's funny how all of that goes together and how it how it really is yeah. the alchemy. You're bringing those people back from the dead. Like like what y'all are doing at Spirits of French Lake is really amazing. Yeah. Paying homage and tribute to all of these people around there that are that were basically the cornerstones of the area. And you're paying homage to them, both in the spirit mm-hmm. and in the legacy that they leave behind. And that's really cool. I, I really, uh, you know, like yeah. I, I wish that, you know, because I live in a small town in Texas, central Texas, and there's a, it's a huge German community and they always made homemade wine. And so I am trying, I've been on mm-hmm. all of these groups and all of these things, trying to find a recipe for, for the old school German homemade wine, because I want to recreate that and have it as like a product not to sell or anything like that, but to, to extend that legacy. Cause it's fixing to die. If people don't start like understand that, Hey, with these older people, they had a, all this wisdom and they, they knew about all of these things. Like if we don't take that and kind of run with it, then it's just going to die with them. And that, and that sucks because it totally takes us a step back in the whole distilling, brewing, winemaking community, because, you know, if they, because back in the day, you know, back in the 1800s or whatever, they didn't write down recipes. They were like, "Eh, add this, do this, it'll be fine. So to actually get somebody to tell you word of mouth, hey, this is what we did. And they recreated it every year because it was at the harvest or whatever. They recreated it every year. And it was amazing you know, that that's something that I feel like Spirits of French Lake is doing. But I feel like a lot of these craft distilleries and stuff like that, they're trying to bring back. They're trying to bring these old recipes, these old yeast strains and stuff like that. And I I, I feel like that's going to be a, an insurgent of bringing the history back. And I don't I don't know how you feel about that. Sorry about the rant. But yeah, no, no you're you're good. I, I love that stuff as long as it's legit. 
Yeah, absolutely. As long as the story that they're telling is legit and or the the one thing that I can't say, and I won't mention the distillery, but there's a distillery in Louisville. Um, I went there uh, before they actually had their bourbon and their rye produced. They were doing like like sweet shines and stuff like that. Okay. But they were going to be having rye and, and bourbon produced within the next like four and six years or something like that. Right. So I ended up going back down when they when they released their rye. It was like ninety bucks a bottle at that point in time. I didn't have near the the collection mm. or whatever you want to call it that mm. I do now. And I was like I was like eh, ninety bucks a bottle is mm. too much. Mm-hmm. It, and then even even then, not knowing much about the industry and all that, I was like, this is a a new distillery, right? Mm but they had bought the old place and like they told the story of the old distillery and just kind of rode on the coattails like that. And I was like, I, I don't like that. Yeah. Like blaze your own trail, bring back history. I'm perfect. Like, I love that, mm-hmm. but do it in a way that it's respectful to that history and you're actually bringing light to it versus just trying to ride the coattails of it. Absolutely. And, and that's, and that's one of the things that, that I know like here in Texas, uh, there's a lot of distilleries that are bringing up these these older recipes from Scotland, and you know, like Balcones, they're all about bringing up Scottish recipes of different types of malts and different, uh, you know, corn varietals and stuff like that. And I know y'all deal with a lot of different corn varietals as well. Um, and they're they're basically like reviving all of these uh, recipes, and and it's just it's really cool to see. And of course, with transparency, of course that they're not just trying to ride the coattails of somebody or, or just it's a gimmick or something like that. Cause the true aficionado or the true person that's going to like, you'll get, you'll sell bottles. That's fine. You'll sell them. But the people that come to your distillery over and over again are going to know the bullshit from, from the other. So you, it, you have to stay transparent through everything you do. And I know I've probably beat this into the ground way too many times but transparency is such a big thing it's such a huge um and and it doesn't matter what you do just be transparent about it i don't care if you're on a stripper pole be transparent you know i don't care you know just say what you are so and there's there's so many so many big accounts out there as far as social media goes that one person gets upset about your transparency that gets posted, then one big person sees that and blows it up. How well it, it's either going to be like you, you got the whole thing, you know, even bad publicity is good publicity, but yeah. is it really? Yeah. And this and this industry and and with this crowd, I don't I don't think it is because once you kind of piss the group off, are you going to have to wait 15 years for the next generation that may to maybe forget about it? And and we've we've kind of seen that, and I'm not trying to talk about Texas whiskey all night because I could talk about that for hours. But we've seen that in the Texas the Texas whiskey community is you'll see these distilleries come up, they'll do their thing, they're not transparent about what they're doing, and then all of a sudden they fall to the wayside, and they say, "Oh, we're local, we're this." Well, you're you know you're sourcing squib juice and trying to put it out there as you know as a local distillery and it's like everybody can see through the bullshit i'm sorry it's good your whiskey good i mean mgp makes great whiskey but at the same time say what you are you know and so we've kind of had to weed through those and so like the guidelines like you know we've everybody's talked about in the past is having all these laws and stuff in place you know, it, it really does help, but you know, you can't, 
I mean, so much stuff flies through TTB, like the labeling process and stuff, to where they can't see every label. Mm-hmm. They're not going to know exactly what you're doing. And what you say you're doing might not be what you're actually doing as well. So it's 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 really hard. So clinging on to those distilleries that are producing their stuff, they're telling a story with what they have, they're, they're blazing these new paths, but yet living with the heritage. That, I mean, I think that's going to be the new the new wave of of the future. Yeah, I mean, like I've said a hundred times, Jim Bean, Jack Daniels, they're going to be there forever because they're a heritage brand. But these newer guys are going to be the ones that are paving the way forward. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. And I feel like like you know, I know Alan and I talked about this, but you know, like if Spirits of French Lick doesn't basically shit or get off the pot to either expand uh, expand out and start getting to more product, you know, they might fall back because you're not going to be able to get as much outreach as, as they want. So it's, it's kind of one of those things like when you, when you're at that crux of, I need to expand or am I just going to stay where I'm at? That's, that takes the community to push them that way. And I don't know how you feel about that, but, but yeah, that's that's kind yeah, of yeah. I, I I wholeheartedly agree. Like I don't I I would never want to see us be you know straight fifty states yeah. everywhere. Uh, it, it's just not something that I like. I like the 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 mystic part of it or the hard to get stuff. Like I don't want stuff to be allocated, but right. I like the fact that someone might be passing through and try it or try it in a bar somewhere where they're on vacation, and then they might have to t- make a trip to. French Lake to actually get it. Yeah. Like I like the idea of someone having to take a trip somewhere, maybe discovering something new to get something. I so I don't ever want to see it's like in, in fifty states. I think that's that's way too much. Right. But I do I do think that we're we're gonna have to like you said, kind of shit or get off the pot and you know, start doing some some I won't say big things, but moderate things. Yeah. Because we're uh, we've already done some big things to get some stuff out there. Right. And Alan has done really really well with that, uh, pushing everything. But we're gonna have to do a bunch of moderate things, I think. Yeah. To stay stay relevant. Yeah. 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 Because like as I said earlier, the, the with the social media craze, you can't just rely on on brick and mortar stores. No. Like there's too much there. People to get lost when it comes to to anything distilled or any type of alcohol yeah absolutely to be fair yeah um so you're going to have to rely on word of mouth and the storytelling and people being intrigued by what you're putting out whereas somebody else might just put out a couple whiskeys and a couple bourbons and try to call it good right right yeah and and that's and that's one thing that uh, Spirits of French Lake kind of has the corner in is that you know make great product. I've only been able to try one product because it doesn't come down this far, but um, you know making great product, but also telling the story behind it, and it's not as allocated enough to where you can't get it. But like they sell on Silbach, uh, I can't get that in my state. So it's like it's one of those things. Like you can get it, it's just you can't. Ev- not everybody can get it, which. For some people, it's fine because, you know, I can get it. I can call somebody. He can get me a bottle. That's fine. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, 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 I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's crazy to see 
where where the next couple of years lies with all this, because I think there's going to be changes in the TTB. I mean, already in in Texas, as of September 1st, see, we have a three tier system here and we're only allowed two bottles of whiskey per month from the distillery. So it's like, okay. Yeah, I I heard that Alan was telling me. So so as of September 1st, it's going to go up to four bottles, which I'm like, great. You know, that's that's a little bit more, but you know, it's better than nothing. And I'll, and I'll take it. And these are baby steps we have to take to get to, like, if I wanted to come to, let's say, Iron Root Republic, and um, I had to make the six hour drive up there, I'm not going to walk away with two bottles. I'm sorry, I'm not going to, I'm going to, you know, do what I have to do to get not a case, because I don't need that many. But like, what if they have a single barrel? What if they have a special release? What if they have a freaking gin? That's awesome. That's anything a lot of, of you know, anything alcoholic, you're only allowed two, and then you'll be allowed four. But it's like, you know, so then you got to get your wife involved. And she's like, I don't care, you know, but it's it if they made it to where like, hey, keep it under whatever, you know, don't buy the whole store. But yet I can go to the liquor store and buy 8000 bottles and then say nothing about it. So it's just kind of, it's so- kind of, That's just a distillery rule, then. That's not liquor store or grocery store. Absolutely. So we're we're three tiers. So it has to go from you can buy at the liquor at the at the at the the distillery two bottles, but then it has to be distributed to a liquor store. We don't even have them in uh, like supermarkets and stuff here. It's only liquor stores, which are closed on Sunday. You know all that stuff. And when you go to the liquor store, you can buy whatever you want. But guess what? The liquor stores are only going to put so many bottles out and they're only going to put the bottles out that they think are, the, you know, are going to sell. So I actually have talked to yep. my local liquor, liquor store, you know, people. And I'm like, hey, I have a, a availability to get a single barrel of X. Would you because I can't get the single barrel personally shipped to me. So I have a, a chance of getting this single barrel. How do you feel about it? And they're like, oh, we probably take six bottles. And I'm like, no, it's a it's a whole barrel. It's like 200 bottles. Like, mm-hmm. like come on, you know? So it's, yeah, it's really difficult here. I mean, I love, I love Texas. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of really good things about it, um, you know. But at the same time, the, the whole liquor thing is just, it's breaking the heart. And. And it's it's totally useless. Like I don't understand why they're doing it. Uh, obviously, to get more taxes, but like like you know, I don't I don't know how many bottles you guys can get uh, where you're at, but you know, it's it's crazy. It's literally crazy. That is that is. I always think it's so we can we can do alcohol on Sundays here, but the the law is um, you can't sell before noon. Or after I think it's eight PM. So I always I always make the joke, well, they want to make wanna make sure you go to church, so no selling before noon and make sure you go to bed bed early enough and not be hung over for work on Monday. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you know what's funny, like with us when we go on vacation to another state or something like that, like it's so crazy. You wake up Sunday morning and like people are at the liquor store and you know, there and there's you go to Walmart and there's liquor in the walmart and i'm like this what is this strange world we're in you know it's like it's funny how there's those few states that are just so shrouded 
and they don't, you know, like Costco, you know, the, the Kirkland brand of whiskey that they have is amazing. Um, and I can't get it. So I'd have to go to like New Mexico or something like that to get some Kirkland whiskey, which I'm like, I'm, I'm good. I'm not going to try that far just to get some Kirkland whiskey, but, but yeah. So where do you fall? Oh, um, going to change this topic because <laughs> that, that, we can go back, down. So we'll, so we'll go forever on that. Yeah, exactly. So I forgot to ask you this. This is, should have been one of the first things I ask. Um, what bottles, either uh, Spiritual French Lick or com- other commercial bottles, are you really kind of into right now? Uh, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be recently, but um, I saw you sipping on something right now. So <laughs> what, are you, what are you really getting into right now that's uh, something you're – I see you have quite a few bottles on the wall, so. Yeah, yeah that's about half of it. The other half's over <laughs> – over I, there, I, I understand. Um, so I've got to say, so I, and I had this uh, whenever we were on the podcast or the this show with a uh, I can't remember his name, Phil Billy. Phil Billy, um, yeah, yeah. So that the MB Roland is one that I will. It's not. I don't want to call it my as Alan calls it the tractor whiskey. It's just my everyday whatever. Right. Because it's super, super complex, and and I, I love it. But it's one that, like, if I don't have a bottle of it, I'm going to buy a bottle of it because okay. I just, I that's one I always want to have on hand. And that was probably one of the first distilleries that I, you know, fell in love with as far as their flavor profile. And now knowing more about distillation, like, I want to know how they do that. Not because I want to copy it, but I just, I find it really, really interesting. Right. Absolutely. Because, like. You know, people say all right, they get like tobacco, and most time that's like an astringent, slightly sweet and smoky thing. Mm-hmm. Their tobacco is like chewing red man. Oh wow! It's like you just put a chew of red man in your mouth. It's, okay. it's wild. It's like molasses and sweet tobacco. Oh wow! Um, other than that, like I'm trying to kind of, and I'm drinking whiskey right now. Uh, Mictor's Barrel Strength Rye. Oh yeah, um, that's a good. One. I got that on a got that on a trade here a few, uh, probably about six months ago, and I've been kind of babying it just because I enjoy it, but I don't want yeah. to just drink it down. Yeah, but I'm I'm trying to get away from drinking bourbon all the time. Um, that's Absolutely. kind of what I started out on. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not that I don't like bourbon; I still like bourbon, but I'm getting to the point where I realize that there's a whole lot more out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Malt whiskeys. Uh, like I've got a, a few different scotches and things like that. I really, really like super briny scotches. Absolutely. But it's something. But it's also something that like I want to drink. I want a glass of it like once a week. Okay. Like I don't want to drink that every night. Yep. But like I love sitting down and drinking something, and thinking, "Oh God, that's wicked." I love it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if it doesn't curl your eye up, like I don't want it. Um. You being in Texas, I think you'll understand that some of the Texas malted stuff that they've got is out of this fucking world. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's the the constant heat, um, because I've had some bourbons from Texas, and I'm like, eh, it's just not my thing. But that malted is is chef's kiss, you know? Uh, There's a a bottle that a a friend of mine sent me, and it's it's been gone forever because I... had a real rough night one night and decided to polish that bottle off. <laughs> um, uh, Del Bach, yeah, I think. Oh yeah. Um, 
No, is that, is that the brand or is that the bottle name? That's that's the brand. They're out of Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. They're they're is it, they're they're amazing. Dorado, I think was the yeah. Oh yeah, they're mesquite smoked. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is wild. Um, and I, I honestly, I, I honestly thought that was a Texas one. I never really looked into it because I yeah. knew I'd never seen it here. So I was like, right. I'm one of those people that like if I know I can't get something, I like I don't even try. Like yep. I'll find it somewhere maybe one day, but like I don't try to break my heart on trying to find stuff. Yeah. Um. Other than that, like man, I've been trying to get into some botanical stuff, uh, mainly because I want to learn more about it. Absolutely. Uh, I've always liked, I've always liked absinthe, but I liked it just because it, it, uh, the story and yep. whatever. Yeah. Which I, you know, you realize that a lot of that stories kind of romanticized a whole lot. <laughs> um. But like different botanical spirits and not just like commercial stuff uh like gin and aquavit and all that but mm -hmm. like seeing what you can do with different botanicals and how this botanical tastes this way this one tastes this way but you put those together and you've got three different things going on at once yeah ab um, absolutely yeah but yeah so i, I long story short I, there, there's a lot as far as spirits Bottle wise, like like I said, I always have MB rollers on hand. Um, Solomon Scott Rye whiskey from French Lick is my yep. trouble bottle. Like if I want to get in trouble, that's my my bottle. Uh, um, I like I've got the Taylor shelf over there that I don't yeah. chase that stuff anymore. Um, if I see it, I'll buy it and probably sell it to somebody else. Uh, but like, I don't know, man. I just I love the way. It's hard to describe a, a perfect bottle or a bottle that I'm stuck on because I'm one of those people that, like, I've had a, two pours of this. Like, here in a second, I'll grab something else. Like, I like seeing how stuff progresses Absolutely. in a bottle after it oxidizes. I like seeing whatever I pick next after having this on my palate. I know what – I I think I've only got, like, six bottles that aren't opened. Yep. So I like, I kind of remember some flavor profiles. I want to see what that tastes like after this has been in the glass and on my palate. Like that's, yeah. that's where my mind goes when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. And, and, and that's really cool. Like, you know, I do, I try to, it's, it's hard. I do weekly whiskey reviews. And so like I pop open a mm -hmm. new bottle, unless it's a bottle that I've had for a long time and haven't reviewed, which as of right now, it's been like two years that I've been doing this. So I've ran through some bottles. And so like I have, yeah, 50 bottles open and like you know still half full and so like when i what my what my go-to drink is whatever i'm feeling for the night like if i'm feeling like lately yeah. like this week i felt and i and i don't normally drink a whole lot during the week i normally save that for the weekend but um like if i'm feeling real peaty i'll i'll go down that path and i'll have some lagavulin and some lafroig or whatever or some smoky striker from andalusia or something like that and and that'll kind of set my palate up uh because once you have that you can't go to sweet bourbon or something like that but then some nights i just want yeah. something we're sitting there watching tv or whatever um you know i had a big dinner or whatever and i'll just get something super sweet something or super simple like an irish or something like that and just sit there and kind of veg out yep. you don't have to think about it like one that it, that's really kind of hit my palate right now is powers and uh, they have like five or six different offerings. It's a Middleton distillery out of Ireland. They do amazing stuff. They've been around forever, but like I kind of just fell into them 
And I've had a number of their offerings and like their gold label, which is their baseline whiskey is like, dude, you, you could, that would do great in a, uh, you know, a rum and Coke or a, or a old fashioned or whatever. Like you could do whatever you wanted with it. And, but you can also sit with it neat mm-hmm. and, and just kind of not have to think about it. There's enough complexity there to where, you know, you're drinking something, but it's not so much to where you're like, Oh crap, I need a I need a drink of water after that. So so yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I do want to show you one since you like scotch and, and stuff like that. So we went to I, I wish I had more of another bottle I'll tell you about here in a second, but um we went to Mexico a little way back, like this is the first time I've ever flown internationally. So on our okay. way back, they're like, Hey, make sure you get up to duty three, right? So they had leaders big liter bottles of scotch and I got two Glenlivets and an Irish. Uh, the Irish is a Jameson triple, triple, which uh, triple distilled, triple cask. Okay. And then both of the, both of the Glenlivets were triple cask. And I don't, I don't think it says on here what they were. It was like French Oak bourbon and something else. Um, but, all three bottles, you get, it was buy one, get one free. I got these for under 120 bucks, oh, and they're God. leaders. <laughs> so I think uh, yeah. I think my my wife and I just last year, last October, uh, went to Cabo for our 20th anniversary, and uh, I hit up the duty-free, and I think I got that exact Glenlivet bottle because it was either that or Johnny Walker Red or whatever, and I was like, Oh, shit. Yeah. So I sat there the whole week we were in Cabo because, you know, when you're in Mexico, they don't really have a whole lot of whiskey to drink. So, you know, you get Jim Beam or whatever, maybe. And so, like, when we would come back to our hotel after a, a long day of doing whatever, like, I'd sit and have a couple pours of that. And by the time I got – and, of course, I couldn't take it. Once I opened it, I couldn't take it home. Um, but once yep. I got down, you know, there was probably that much left in the bottle – Man, it was turning out really nice. I wish I would have had some sample bottles to to throw it in or something because it, it was turning out really nice. And I was like, man, why can't they make this commercial? Which Glenlivet is a really easy drinking, and that's what I wanted. I didn't want something I had to fight with, just something after a long day. It was hot, you know, yeah. just something to have a drink with. But but yeah, no, that's that's pretty funny. You yeah. have the same the same bottle. Yeah, that's honestly this is this is my like scotch wise or malt wise if i want something that like i just want to sit down and drink yeah like i know it tastes good i don't have to think about it i just pour it in the glass and drink it and and that's it you know now like i'll sit here and i'll smell it and like because i haven't opened this one for a little while i haven't been into it but like i i don't care as long as it still tastes good and hasn't went bad which is not going to happen it's just that's my thing i i that's that's this bottle that's why I, I went over there before we started, and I was like, I need something else besides barrel strength rye whiskey. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, that, that'll work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I think that's, and I've, I've probably said this at nauseum as well, but, like, people think way too much about whiskey when they're getting into it. Like, they want to nerd out and go for all the allocated and all of these things, which that's cool. If that's what you want to do, everybody's going for the Blantons. It's fine. Blanton's to me isn't great. Whatever. I don't care. But like, to me, you find a bottle, you can just be like, dude, I know that's solid. That's always been solid. I'm going to grab it. Like for me, old granddad bottle and bond, 
early times, but I, I'm a following bond. I don't know why. I think that four-year age statement, the 100 proof, it gives you just enough heat, just enough age on it. Um, what else? I got row of them up there. Um, you know, the Henry McKenna 10-year-old Baldwin bond, which, you know, you can't find anymore because it used to be 35 bucks. Now, if you could find it, it's 150 or whatever. But like, you know, just yep. get a good baseline whiskey. One, one of my favorites was Evan Williams Baldwin and Bond. It was like 15 bucks, you know, super easy to drink. But the issue is I had three or four bottles in a row of it. And then I was like, I kind of got burned out on it. And I was like, okay, I need yeah. to take a break from you for a little bit. I did the same thing with Monkey Shoulder, which is a blended scotch. I, I drank that, yep. uh, you know, like I have a half gallon of it up there. It's called the Super Monkey or the Gorilla or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, after that, I was like, okay, I need to take a break from you for a minute, you know? So, and, and that's what's so cool about this whole, I'm going to say community is like, we just try stuff. And we're like, hey, I like this. You might also like this. You know, if you're into PD scotches, hey, let's 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 get some Octomore in you and see if you like that. You know, no, right? And it is, and, and like, and like, I do agree that the like first getting into the community or first starting drinking or getting into distilled spirits as far as age stuff or just weird stuff or mainline stuff, whatever it is people do geek out a little bit i was one of them yeah so like that's why i have the the tater shelf there um i wish part of me wishes i would i could go back and not spend some of the money i have maybe <laughs> um yeah. but part part of me is also happy to have this stuff because like i can in hope or i guess i can i hope that like if i have a friend that says hey i'm wanting to get into whiskey fine come over you know, a couple couple nights throughout the week or weekend or whatever, we'll do it five, six times, how many times it takes. The first thing I'm going to have you taste is all the stuff that I would say is better than the tater stuff yep. and easier available. And then I'm going to have you taste the tater stuff. And then after that, I'm going to try to find something that's comparable to the tater and do a blind tasting. Yep. And I want you to see that you don't have to go that route. If you want to after that, by all means, go do it. Yeah, if you yeah. want to have a shelf full of Blanton's, all the stuff, do it. Yeah. But I think it's cool to have have this because I can try to help somebody else out. Absolutely. Um, as far as the community goes, like I said, it, it's just crazy that as big as the community is and, and how helpful they are, um, whether it's, you know, I can't get at one point in time, I couldn't find barrel seagrass here to save my life, and I wanted to try it. So yeah. a friend of mine sent me sent me like six ounces of it. You know, what other kind of community or people that get together besides alcohol? Because beer people do it, and wine people do it, and yeah. spirits people do it. But other than that, like, where else are you going to find something like that? Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's one thing that that people don't do enough. And I know. In, in our community, they do. But like other people, like I've been a proponent of this. Like I tell people, hey, if you've got a cool bottle, um, share it with your friends. Well, my friend lives in Connecticut. I don't care. Send him a two ounce sample of it. Get on a live stream with him and sit there and talk about the damn whiskey and bullshit for a couple hours. You know what I mean? Like that's what yeah. and it's unfortunate that that's what um, the thing that will never go away from 2020 
has has told us it's like we don't have to be sitting next to each other to enjoy a drink together you know what i mean and 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 that's where i I mean and it made podcasts blow up which is great for both of us uh because we get that kind of and and i feel like both of us are 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 in a niche enough to where it's not just like a, a basic you know hey we're talking about this you know you're you're talking about specific things i'm talking about specific things and so it makes it just niche enough to where people stay tuned and so it's really it's really cool to see the community grow and the way it's growing is more consumer based as as, and it's not so much about what's in the glass it's about what you're who you're sharing that glass with and that to me is is a absolutely that's a huge thing to me so anyway yeah and like I, I like seeing also so something that I've done a few times on my podcast I need to do it a few more times um, is like I've done stuff with distillers before um, or distiller I guess Alan's the only one that I've I've interviewed um, there's a couple others that I wanted to get in there and just I haven't had the opportunity yet but like I like talking to just people. The first episode I done it with was actually my wife, but I called it "What Drives Your Spirit." And like I want to know what your spirit of choice is, which I already knew most of this about my wife anyway. Right. So it was just a good intro, and like I I wasn't gonna do a first cool episode without her doing it because yeah. I'd probably sleep on the couch for a couple nights or something. <laughs> but like I called it "What Drives Your Spirit," and I wanted to know number one, obviously, what spirit you like, why you like it what drove you away from other spirits, what flavor profile you like, and what, you know, what would you tell somebody new getting into that certain spirit as far as how to start collecting different bottles or different flavor profiles? And to me, I'm like, I know as a, as a working at a craft distillery, um, that's never going to be something that like, I'm going to look back on like, well, Joe Blow said that they like cherry. Like you know, a cherry note in their bourbon, or it's not going to matter as far as what I do, but it does because, like, I know there are people out there chasing maybe the same flavor flavor profile I'm chasing yeah. or I'm trying to build. Yeah. I guess it'd be it'd just be a drive, you know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. And and that's and that's one of the things I feel like we're we're on the same page about is it's not so much. You know, you know, we're trying to help people and get them to like, I don't care what you drink and I don't care if you even drink like my wife. She is not a big drinker. And so, like, we went to dinner last night with some friends at this new restaurant. It was an amazing time. We had a great time. And she had a mocktail. And I'm like, it's all about the experience. Now, she's a she's a gin girl. She she loves her gin. But, you know, she's she's like, I'm, you know, trying to cut back, whatever, you know, you know how women do. But but like, I don't even care so much about the alcohol as as much as like, what is your flavor profile in life? And, you know, and let let's let's go down that path, like because because doing multiple whiskey tastings for people and stuff like that, you figure out like okay, you like really strong cheeses, you like these dark chocolates, oh, you might also like this whiskey, mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, I, you know, I have, I have these, this, this group of guys that I do tastings for quite often, and we're supposed to get back together here pretty soon. Uh, it's been a busy summer, I guess. But um, 
they are all really into rye whiskey, which I'm like, rye, to me, I love rye, but like, it's not like this crowning thing that people are all into. Rye whiskey is like one of those things that you mix in a cocktail. Like a lot of, that's what a lot of people think. And like, they're sitting there throwing mm -hmm. down uh, some really cool ryes. Like they got the, the Jack Daniels barrel proof rye. They've got a bunch of old St. Nick. And, and I know some of that's, you know, uh, sourced, but anyway, they've got a lot of these bottles and I'm like, wow, I did, I did pretty good just leading y'all down that little path. And that's the thing. Like once you figure out where that person is, you can say, Hey, you, you're going to like this, try this. And then they just kind of go. And then I constantly get texts from people like, Hey, what about this bottle? You think I'd like this? Like, I don't know, maybe, yeah. but, and, and that's, and that's yeah. the fun part about, about it. It's like, Hey, try it. If you don't like it, guess what? Send it to me. I'll, I'll drink. It's fine. You know? So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, I've got a buddy like that that I used to work with at the firehouse. Like I'll get a message from him like once every couple months and it'll be a video of a, of a whiskey shelf. And he says, you see anything that I need to pick up? Now, mind you, when I first started working at the distillery and I was still at the fire department, like I told him and a few other guys, I'm like, hey, I've got a big collection. Why don't we get together some night, you know, wherever, and we'll do a tasting. One guy, he's a lightweight. He's like, I have one drink and I'd be done. And another guy is the opposite end of that. He's like, well, we'll just drink till we have to go to work the next day. But then yeah. the, the guy that sends me these messages all the time now, he's like, I just, I drink stuff in cocktails and I do stuff in Coke. I'm like, that's fine. Like, if you want to try something, then we'll make a cocktail out of it. That's cool too. And he's like, Absolutely. ah, it's not my thing. You know, I just, I don't drink for that. But now he's like, what bottles do I need to pick up? Yep. I'm like, who the fuck are you and what happened to my buddy that didn't do this? <laughs> Absolutely. Goes, I'll still probably mix some of it with, with, with Coke, but he goes, I'm trying to get into it. So, yeah. Um, so I've been trying to help him out with that. So I do yeah. want to say one thing, and I, I'm glad that you mentioned the cocktails and stuff. So I'm one of those people, like I will mainly drink stuff neat 90% of the time. That's just Absolutely. the way I am. Yep. I love I love cocktails also though. Like I love a Sazerac. I love an Enzoni. I love Bloody Marys. I like I just yes. I love all that stuff also. But but usually if I'm gonna especially if I'm at home, like I don't feel like making a cocktail at home. No. I do it at no. work on Saturdays still. Like I just I don't want to screw with it. Now if it will work, I'm like, oh well we've got a nice dishwasher, I don't have to clean things, I'll make me a cocktail. But like I love seeing what a spirit does in different variations of different cocktails and different mixers and things like that. I've always been a big pusher of drink it how you want it. If you want yeah. to take Blanton's gold and put it in Coke, sure. sure. I think it's a waste. Yeah. But um, still. I, if you want to make, make a old fashioned out of happy 20, whatever. Yeah. Sure. I think it's a waste because yeah. to me, a, an old fashioned was made to make bad whiskey taste good. <laughs> but on the other side of that, elevated cocktails, like the stuff that still pushes the spirit forward, but it has stuff that accentuates it. Like, I love stuff like that. And like that, once again, that's kind of where my mind goes when I start coming up with not so much mash bills, because I, that's a hard way. Like, I'm still not in a way that I could say, okay, well, this percentage of corn is going to taste like this in four years. That's, you right. just can't do that. But on the clear spirits or botanical side or whatever side you want to push that towards, 
I can start coming up with some ideas that, you know, I might not ever, you know, I might not make a cocktail that's going to change the world, but I can put a spirit out there and then put a cocktail in front of it and think, and maybe change some people's minds about that certain spirit. Absolutely. And I think that's part of the, you know, part of the alchemy of it is changing the spirit enough to where it's still present. It's there, but yet mm-hmm. it's, you enhance parts of it. You dull the parts that like, if it's too tannic or if it's too uh, astringent, you can kind of push that back with some of this or whatever. And and it's the trial and error of like, oh, that was way too much lemon juice. Like I cut back on the lemon juice. And so then you sit there and you work through these cocktails. And um, yeah, no, that that to me, I'm a big cocktail guy. Um, obviously, whiskey cocktails. I do gin and vodka. Vodka to me is just like a and I hate to say it because some people love vodka and I'm, and I'm sorry if you're a listener and love vodka, but like vodka is just base alcohol just to get you tipsy. That's all it's there for. It has no flavor or yeah. it shouldn't, or it shouldn't have no flavor. Um, and so like it, to me, it vodka better be for skinny white women on diets. Absolutely. And it, so it's either a gin, <laughs> a brandy, a whiskey, something like that, that we're mixing in there, a mezcal, something like that to where we're mixing something to where you can actually taste the base alcohol, a good rum, a big uh, estuary rum. And, you know, I was talking to my buddy mm-hmm. Moose from Andalusia, and he's so into nasty. <laughs> I say nasty. Uh, they're very agricole rums and he gave me a drink of one when i was at funky. the distillery. yeah very funky when i was at the distillery the last time i was over there and it was a white rum i mean it was not aged at all and that thing tasted like similar to a isla scotch in the fact that like it was a dirty gym sock um with like mm-hmm. nas- nasty banana peel but like not nasty it was not yep. nasty at all but it tasted and smelled like that and for some people they're going to be like why the hell would you drink that but like it was good but i don't know if i would have another drink of it but it was good but i'm thinking like what a cocktail would do and and that's the thing with rum and i've talked about this before but that's the thing with rum especially is they'll take an eight thousand dollar bottle of rum and mix it with something and make a mai tai out of it and then they're like hey try this and like whereas in the whiskey community we don't do that you don't take you know, uh, uh, well, or 107 and mix it with something. You don't, you just don't do it. But I, I think yeah. that, I think that personally needs to change to where we're looking more cocktail adjacent because like, there's so much mm-hmm. flavor you can get from a cocktail. Like I like to use whiskeys that are way different than the cocktail should be. Like when I make like a whiskey sour or something like that, I want it to have a big, heavy bass note because that that acidic note that's on top of that is going to play nice with that. So, like, I like to do a like a real peaty scotch as a whiskey sour, and it turns into like this crazy. Like, it's not for everybody, obviously, but it turns into a crazy symphony of like discordance, but yet it all goes together. And so that that's one thing that people, especially in the whiskey community need to understand like yes a neat pour of whiskey it's great don't get me wrong i i prefer it and i drink it most of the times but a good cocktail especially if you got somebody or if you're going to a bar that you is known for making great cocktails a cocktail is where it's where it's at for sure 
for sure. Or order the cocktail. I mean, because like I've been to to bars before, and you know, you flip open the menu, and it's thirty or forty different bourbons or whiskeys. And yeah, some of those on there I may not have tried, and I'd like to try those. But like, I will probably have another opportunity to try that in the future. But the guy behind the bar that's making an Inzoni or a Manhattan, and I will never get to try that person's cocktail again. Yep. yep. That's a no-brainer for me. I'm going to the cocktail. Yep. Like, after that cocktail, I might try something neat. But, like, first thing I'm doing is, like, what what's your specialty? What do you like making? What do you like drinking? Make that for me. Yep. Right? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So... So I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this one up a little bit, but one thing I wanted to ask you is, um, being that you're newer to the whole whiskey making scene, how do you see? Where do you see yourself? And I know this is very subjective. Um, where do you see yourself in the in the whiskey making and distilled spirit world in say a year, two years? Where do you see that going for you personally? Oh, I, I think I'm going to be where I'm at um, as far as working-wise. Uh, something that I want to get into a whole lot more, and it's something that I'm toying around with, stuff at work project-wise, is, is blending stuff. Um, I think there's not enough love for blended whiskeys or blended Absolutely. anything out there. Um, I'm not afraid of different finishes. Now, I think there's some finishes that have been overdone 100%. Um <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I still love Androna finished stuff, but um, we do some special things there at work to where we put it back in a new barrel after they yeah. drawn it and tone it down a whole lot. I like that, um, and I think doing it that way, that would be a good blend with something else, and I will never call it cigar batch. No. will not happen. Um, but like, that's kind of where I see myself in, like, you know, a year, two years. I, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but like, I, I want to get into the, the blending stuff. I want to, I've got a, a couple and I'll message you about it, but I want to put up about it, a lot of it on here. Um, but like, I've got a really cool idea for something that I don't think has ever been done, which, and that's not me tuning my own horn, but yeah. I was like, I, I thought of something and I was like, I've never seen this before. Maybe I want to try this. Um, uh, I know I always talked about this before, but like, we've got a, an eclipse coming up next year and I've got a project that I'm working on um, and that'll be a really, really cool one. Uh, But it's just, in the next year or so, it's going to be more learning, more learning, more learning, probably fucking some things up. Absolutely. Uh, And, and trying to find kind of my, I guess my niche as far as where I want to go. And I, I honestly don't want to even find that. I don't want to. I want to. I want to be able to kind of touch all corners of this this wild ride and this wild life of distilled spirits. Yeah, absolutely. I don't absolutely. want to be boxed in. I guess. Well, well, and that and that's the thing, and that's the good thing about being in the in the not only the place but in the the job that you're in is that luckily mm-hmm. the people that you work for are just like there you go, make the thing, do the thing. You know, and so yeah. like you're able to do that and do these crazy mash bills, not crazy, but, you know, these different mash bills that it's not like, a you know, 
75, 25, you know, whatever, you know? So like, yeah, it's, it's one of those things to where, like, if you can grow as a, not only as a distiller, but as a person through your work, that to me is, yep. is, is the main thing. And I don't know. And, and, and uh, I can edit this out if, if needed, but I don't know if you still have your, uh, whatever your GoFundMe for your wife or, or not on online yet anymore. But if you want to, if you want to uh, promote that at all, um, please do. Yeah. Um, the, the GoFundMe still up. So um, are you okay if I talk about the old situation for just a second? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, please do. Yeah. So um, my, my wife was diagnosed with uh, BII breast implant illness. Um, she had had breast implants put in about 11 or 11 and a half, 12 years ago, somewhere out in there. Um, and started having some problems first off, you know, started having some migraines and it went into body aches, not sleeping. Um, they kind of all got chalked up to stress from work because we both worked on the ambulance. Um, she left the ambulance, uh, still hasn't had any relief as far as anything. Doctor finally said, Hey, won't you, you know, why don't we talk about business BII? The problem with BII is there's a plethora of diagnosis or uh, symptoms, I guess you should say, that can lead to a diagnosis of this, but there's also no testing for it. It's pretty much if you have these and you've had treatments for these and nothing is working and you have breast implants, yeah, that's the problem, right. essentially. Um, so uh, she was actually scheduled to have surgery uh january of 2025 there are six specialists in the united states that specialize in taking implants out and doing it the correct way taking everything out sending it off for uh for uh lab work things like that um we ended up doing a fundraiser at work uh that paid for a good portion of it we ended up taking the loan out for the rest uh to get it paid off because we knew that if something would happen. She also has a, a two growths on her right breast as well. Oh, wow. Uh, but if wow. something would happen with those or uh, or somebody would get, you know, not be able to do the surgery, they could bump her up, but it has to be paid off. So we took out a loan to pay off the rest of it. Um, we actually have to go to Miami to do it. We could have done it more local, but it would have cost us another 12 grand, actually, oh. if we did, the, did it with the local place, which is, it's up in uh, Greenwood or Carmel, Indiana. It's Richie section. That's why. I, it's just the way it is. Oh. Um, but so we're going to Miami, um, got it all paid for. She got the call a little over a week and a half ago that, uh, they had a spot open up, um, August 29th of this year. So later on this month. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. I've, (laughs) I won't say I haven't lost sleep because I've lost some sleep. Just kind of maybe staying awake watching her sleep, I guess. I understand. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so uh, as you said earlier, the GoFundMe, we still have the GoFundMe up. Um, anything that goes into that now is just going to pay off this loan uh, that we took out. It was a little bit of a, a financial burden that we weren't expecting. Um, but it is what it is. We'll get it figured out. So the GoFundMe is still up. Um, if anybody wants to reach out, also, uh, if they don't want to go through GoFundMe, because I know some people don't like doing that. Uh, also, I've been most stuff like that. Um, uh, 
that's really about it. I just kind of, we've got everything pretty much taken care of financially now. We've got a place to stay down there. Uh, we have to stay for 10 day, minimum 10 days after the surgery. So we'll actually, um, we'll, we'll be going for pretty much two weeks. Cause I, I did tell her and I actually, I think I made somebody, somebody at the distillery was asking me about this one day and I, I was talking about it and I said, yeah, we're going to go to, we have to, it's going to be a two day trip or, you know, driving down. I said, we're going down one day early because come hell or high water, she's spending a day on the beach, enjoying whatever. Absolutely. And somebody got mad at the, like a patron at the distillery kind of got shitty about it. They're like, well, you're doing a fundraiser, but you're going down for a cup for a day, a couple of days of vacation. I'm like, no, no I'm no. taking my wife to the beach because that's where she's happy before she has a life altering surgery. Absolutely. You can fuck right Ab- off. Absolutely. But anyway, Anyway, so yeah, uh, the GoFundMe still up. Any funds that go into there, um, I get them. If anything comes in, it comes in once a week. It's just automatically going into the fund for the for the to pay off the loan. Um, anything other than that, yeah, that's that's really just about it, man. I and I I would I do want to say I appreciate you helping out with that. Um, I do still have your winnings <laughs> as soon as Alan and I talk because I think he has something that he wants to get you as well. I appreciate uh, that. Go together and get that set. So okay, well, uh, and so and so, send me the link to the GoFundMe because I'll put it in the description below and everything. Because the, here that that's the whole Absolutely. thing with that's the whole thing with this community is like it's not just about the whiskey. It's not just about the 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 spirit. It's not, not about any of this. It's about raising each other up and putting each other on a pedestal to where like this person's in need. We need to do something about it. And I, you know, I've, I've probably preached about this way too much, but like get off your high horse and help people um, and make sure that, you know, when, when you go to bed at night, you can say, Hey, I did what I could today. And if, if it's on your heart yep. and however you feel, if you want to donate, great. Um, there'll be a link in the description below and all that stuff. Uh, you can donate. Um, it's obviously going to a good cause. And uh, yeah, um, I, I don't even know what else to say about that. That, that It breaks my heart. Um, and, I, and I'm sorry that you guys are having to go through this, but I'm glad that you're able to get it taken care of and everything's going to go great. And I'm going to be praying for you guys the entire time and uh for for whatever for whatever that means you know uh coming from a uh, a very christian background like that is that is one of the things that has helped me through my life and you know i'm not trying to get spiritual on you but but it brings people together it brings people together and it's one of those things that like if i'm hurting you're hurting if you're hurting i'm hurting and that that's how it should be and uh, if we treat people with a little bit more respect and more kindness, then uh, that's going to get reciprocated throughout the world. And so on that, if you have any other last comments you want to say, uh, we're going to break off here. Uh, stay on because I want to talk to you for a minute. But uh, you have anything else you want to say or actually promote your Just socials? Man, I... Please, please promote your socials and all that stuff, your, your podcast yeah. and all that stuff. So yeah, uh, you can find my podcast pretty, I believe, anywhere that you stream podcasts. Uh, search "Still Learning." 
Uh, I did have a little bit of an issue to where it wasn't getting sent out to where it was supposed to be, but I believe now I have it opened up to pretty much any platform now. So once again, sir, still learning. Uh, there are a few of them called that. So it's one that looks like you're looking down some whiskey barrels is the, the thumbnail for it is the best thing I can tell you. Um, there's a few episodes on there. There will be more, I promise. Um, you can find me on Facebook, either still learning. Um, I do have a page on there that I post some stuff trying to post some more but facebook just is slow to kind of catch on when you're first doing a new page so get frustrated a little bit with that but it is what it is i work through that um and then also my just my personal facebook um i don't do friend request stuff anymore because i've gotten just some followers and i just decided to go that route with it uh but it's justin whaley on facebook uh w-h-a-l-e-y um and then you can find me at spirits friends lake as well I do encourage if you're in the area there to come check it out. Uh, I do most of the tours. That's probably going to be slowing down a little bit uh, because we are losing one of our guys in the back. Um, so I'm going to have a little bit more responsibilities. But uh, if you do a tour on a weekend or something like that, or if you can, if you call ahead and schedule and request me to do it, I promise it is, and this is not me gloating or to- tooting my horn, but I've had people tell me that they had just came from Kentucky and done five or six tours down there, and then they did a tour with me, and they liked my tour the best. So, come and do a tour at Spirits of Prince Lake. I'd love to have anybody there. I love talking the, the history that we have. Uh, I'm still learning the history, but I love talking our processes. I love seeing what people think of it and, and kind of introducing them to a new way of distillation, or I guess an, an, a new old way of distillation or fermentation. Um but yeah, come check it out. And I do, I do want to say, man, I appreciate you having me on here. This is my first solo podcast. Actually, Shut up with somebody. Okay, so, cool. No, cool. That that ma- that makes me my, feel good. I, that makes me feel good. Um, yeah. pop, pop your cherry well, let, on that let, one. Let me let me rephrase that. I I did I did one with Alan, but it was for his uh his his uh if you have ghosts. Yeah, that that doesn't so count. They, that's they, that's Alan. He's your brother. It's yeah. yeah that that doesn't count. Okay, cool. Cool. I'm glad to hear that. All right, guys. Well, I will uh, I will catch you all on the flip side. And as always, keep your spirits up.